This is the ancient Texan. This is going to be about forging of life, of meaning, and realizing your own self-identity through stories. I'm taking a walk right now through uh, forced Here in Maryland, just walked over a stream, got a lot of rain. And I'm walking down here trying to, you know, stay in good health and get some miles on my Fitbit. And I'm kind of telling you a story about what I'm doing. It turns out we transfer most information um, about ourselves and about life, about what we believe in stories. The big stories, the meta stories like the Bible and the creation um, are there in the background. This is going to be talking more about your personal stories, although all those other stories that you hold in your head and your relationship to them matters. But there's a this is kind of be like stories 101. Let's say you're um, doing something. You're loading the dishwasher with your with your wife. And you put a plate in and she moves it. You put something else in and she moves it to her spot. And then she says, well, you don't put them in the right spot and then it makes it hard for me to unload them. I said, well, why don't you let me unload them? Well, because then you don't put them in the right place in the cabinets. So, you need to just learn to put them where I put them. And you need to put them in orderly. Everything in this, you know, all the plates in the same place and all that. Okay. What's the first thing that happens? I have an emotional reaction. That emotional reaction is... My limbic system. And part of it's hardwired in. Part of it is from past experiences. And that emotional reaction, uh, I feel it first. Turns out we can't actually feel but a few emotions, a few feelings in our body. Our brain is kind of distributed through our body. We feel something. And depending on the context, we give that emotion a name. 
and then we let's say I stomp off go downstairs and say screw it load it yourself well I've just had emotional I've just had an event occur I have an emotional reaction meanwhile my wife is having a just had an event and her event maybe gets revved up first few times when I keep putting dishes in the wrong place and then she has a bigger emotional event when I stomp off and go to the basement and she gives that uh, emotional event from her history, she's likely to say, I'm not good enough. There goes another man. You know, and it can spiral real quick. You know, there goes another man going out of my life. Me, I'm more likely to play the blame card. You know, I blame her for being bossy and for being telling me what to do. And she knows I don't like that because that's one of my stories, see? Now, when I go downstairs, sit there, I build the story up and I pick out the facts that support my story and I justify my actions not I justify them as if I knew my justification when I stomped out of the room. But actually, I didn't. I had an emotional reaction. I was responding to it. Um, I got angry. I wanted to blame her. And then I justified it. And I play that little justification in my head. She's being bossy. She doesn't like anything I do. Remember that time, the so-and-so and so-and-so. And I build this whole story in my head. And meanwhile, she's building the story in her head about remember the time that I got mad at her about not being willing to wear a sundress to an event. And I didn't talk. So she's recalling, you know, times that uh, I behaved similarly and what it meant. And that I'm always doing that kind of stuff. And I'm down there saying, well, she's always wanting to control things. So we're both busy building stories. Now the irony of things is... You know, all stories are incomplete and inaccurate. That's just the way stories go. That's because we have thousands of events to choose from to put in our story. And we pick the ones that support the story that we want to support. and that support our justification. We then weave these individual stories into a bigger story about our life. 
I can weave the dishwasher story into the story with Amy and I. I can make the Amy and I story part of my whole relationship story, which can be part of my big story about all of my relationships and how I don't get the same thing what I need from any woman. But here's the, the, the kicker. You write the story and you can write the story to be you know, positive and pick out the facts and see the good part of it. Uh, you might even change the scope. Might even change, like instead of just starting the story with the dishwasher, I could back up and talk about the meal that we just had. I'm walking uphill here, so maybe mentally and physically. I can back this story up and talk about the meal we had together and how pleasant it was and the week that we've had and you know, good contracts that she brought in and how it's going to help our, our balance sheet, our personal balance sheet. I can talk about I'm still working. I've got a good job. Well, speaking of story, my daughter called me, and she always calls me when I'm out hiking in the woods, which is the first thought that came through my head. Doesn't mean there's any truth to it. That's just what went through my head. And it was easy to have an emotional reaction and start feeling annoyed that I'm trying to do a podcast and do my hike and here I get interrupted. But I could also look at it, it served another example for what I mean by a story. I guess all my stories sound annoyed. Okay, now let's... You know, if, if you kind of accept what I've said, that an event happens, or sometimes just a thought happens, you have an emotional reaction. You name the emotion. And then you build a story. You take maybe take an action. Maybe you fight, flight, or freeze. And then you build a story around what just happened. And that story, as long as you keep feeding it, keeps the emotion alive. Whatever bad emotion you're having, or I guess you could keep a good emotion going, but we tend not to. But here is the real power of understanding this. 
I mean, it is like change your life powerful. When you witness yourself experience an event and have a reaction and then you fight, flight, or freeze, get angry, blame, whatever you do. And it's usually we have some pretty fixed patterns about how we react. When you see yourself doing that, you can learn to step out of yourself and listen to the story that you're telling and the story that you're building. And the first step is to say, I'm building a story. And is this the best story I can build? How does it serve my life? How does it serve the development of my own identity? And how does it give meaning to my presence on this planet? And just in the mere act of recognizing that it's a story, if you let it, you'll feel a little dissipation, dissipation of that emotion you're feeling. And if you can quit feeding the story for about 90 seconds, you'll go away. Now, the severity of the event can make it last longer and your reactions can be stronger, but with a whole lot of things in life, if you can just see that it's a story and that you're the one that's writing the story and that you can put an inspiring and meaningful story together or you can put a victim story together or somewhere in between you you can write the story to be the hero now I'm not sure that's a whole lot better than being the victim but it's your choice What's likely to happen with most stories when you realize that it's a story is the actual substance of what you're writing your novel about is not worthy of a novel. Having a long dissertation inside of my head about the dishwasher and what Amy's doing and how I'm the victim and blah, blah, blah. Um, is really not that meaningful. Now, you can choose not only what's, how you write your story, you can choose what stories you write about and what events you write about inside of your head. 
and maybe later tell someone else. Guess what happened to me today? You're the one that decides when, if, why stories get written. You might want to write stories that are meaningful and that build the identity of the person you want to be. No, there isn't a real complicated process. You become who you are in your stories, period. There is no uh, there is no other way. That's how simple it is. Now you can let other people influence your stories. You can write you can sit in the same spot in the same chair and let the same thing happen to you every day. But if you write that story honestly and with truth, and looking for the good in it, there's just a chance that it'll give you the strength and the ability to reshape your life. But I don't think you can actually reshape your life or become the person you want to be without reshaping your story. I don't, I think it's stories are so fundamental to who we are as people that you have to write your story. Be who you want to be. I want to be a novelist. Uh, and I let my work, uh, my, you know, like metallurgist work, interfere with that often. Um, but the truth is, uh, I'm at a stage in my career being an old ancient Texan that they mostly look at me for you know upper level guidance although I have to admit I still do more of the very detailed computations than anybody else on the project and I still have an ability to do you know, VBA code and I know a lot of chemistry and spreadsheets and stuff so a lot of what I do is still um, on a detail oriented basis but the truth is nobody is actually pushing me for the quantity of work that I do and I often waste more time writing a story that I can't be writing my novel because I have all this work to do and I spend so much time um, with anxiety about not getting either one of them done that uh, it doesn't happen. Now, as long as I keep writing that story in my head and even saying it out loud that being a metallurgist is interfering with me uh, writing my novel and keeping me from writing my novel. Um, it doesn't happen. Now, 
that doesn't mean it's not hard to juggle a job and writing a novel and keeping my books and mowing my yard and helping the wife stack the dishwasher. But, you know, if you start, if I start writing an hour a day, it won't be long before that thing's done. Pick a few hours here and there during weekends. I also have four weeks of vacation left that I haven't taken. That's four, that's a month of writing right there. So, you know, part of it is my own story is interfering with my ability to write. So I've got to rewrite that script in my head. Um, and set aside, you know, first hour in the morning or something to, to write and put it a priority. Now, I know there are people that are in really rotten situations in the world. And I'm not here to judge that, you know, you can just, you can just say something and tell a story and it becomes true. But I know that if you can't write a story about it happening, it's not going to happen. The story may not be enough to make it happen. But without the story of what you can do and become, it can't happen. Period. Now, I'm not a psychologist or anything, but I'm an old dude, and I'd like to, you know my reputation behind that statement you have to write be able to write a story about what you want to do who you want to be maybe you can even write you know here's a little project sit down and write I tried this the other day writing an obituary about how you want people to see you when you're dead. You may find out that's an extremely hard document to write. It's a hard document to write not because of you know trying to figure out who the audience is and you know how to handle the grammar. It's hard because we don't know ourselves as people and we don't know our own identity is kind of fluid and flexible and changing. And we don't spend much time developing the story. So anyway, I want you to try that as the first thing and I get enough people, like, you know, three or something, listening to this podcast. I'll go into stories, you know, 102. Consider this stories 101. And I hope it makes some sense to you and that you might be able to use it in your life. And there's some exercises like meditation and stuff 
coupled with your understanding of stories that can can help you do some of the things that I'm you know asking you to do and I'll do that maybe in the next podcast but for now we'll let it go at what I've said already and hope it's some use to you this is the ancient Texan namaste Yo, this is the Ancient Texan again. Just a little footnote um, on my podcast on stories. After I gave an example of I want to be a novelist, but I don't seem to be able to find the time and energy to do it and still have a full-time job. um, I sat down and looked at the rest of the year and how much vacation time. And it turns out that I've got enough vacation time that I can take every Friday off uh, for the rest of September, October, November, and December um, and work on my novel. So I put a request in for the vacation time. Now, that opportunity or that option was always there. But when I started telling my story to you about how it's hard to write my second novel because of um, work. The first one I wrote when I was uh, unemployed, although I wasted probably, you know, six months of being unemployed saying I have too much anxiety to write my novel now because I don't have money coming in and my finances are not that good. So, in both cases, I had a story going on, you know, those first six months and, you know, this last year working on a a job, I had a story. And as long as I tell that story to myself and tell that story to other people, um, and that's that's the story I'm writing... um, it's not possible to ask for the vacation days off. You see how that that's as simple an act as that is? That's like a commitment for me to say, I'm gonna rewrite the story, I'm gonna take a day off a week and write on my novel. Then what's gonna be my excuse? Well, it, I can write another story and come up with another excuse because that's kind of the nature of stories. We kind of, uh, kind of, we uh, a story is kind of a rationalization of of who you're being in some cases, and sometimes it's a prophecy of who you could be. Uh, it can be a victim story when I say I don't have the time to write this 
the novel. I'd be a great novelist and, you know, write a bunch of novels, except I'm working. And it doesn't mean that, you know, that just because I say I'm going to now take time off, because uh, I can write more novels, I mean more, I can write more stories in my head that make up the excuses. But you see, the whole thing is about the story that you're writing, um, and that you're the one writing it, and you're the one that gives it, flushes it out, and finds the facts to support it, and the energy to support it. Or, you know, you write a story that, that crushes you, or inspires you, but you you're the one writing the stories. And we're going to talk more about stories and, you know, kind of how they... Your stories can be used to enrich your life and make your life better by learning to write and control the stories in your head. Uh, or they can be better just by simply ignoring all the crap that goes on inside your head. Just recognizing it's a story, it's inaccurate and incomplete. But anyway, we're going to talk more about stories, but I thought this footnote was worth uh, tacking on to the podcast. So this is the Ancient Texan on a Saturday about 8 o'clock. I think I'm going to goof off the rest of the night and go watch some TV. That was a great uh, U.S. Open between... uh, Azarenka and Naomi. Anyway, this is the Ancient Texan. May you write a good story about yourself. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred and our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.